The whiteout game is finally here. How does Penn State match up with the Golden Gophers of Minnesota? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode. It's the Scouting Report edition. Minnesota versus Penn State. How do the Golden Gophers and the Nittany Lions stack up against each other? To begin this episode, we are going to go through a brief history, just real quickly, what Penn State and Minnesota have at least done over the past couple of years, then go over a complete overview of Minnesota from the head coach to what they do offensively and defensively, and then continue with how Penn State directly matches up head-to-head with Minnesota, and then conclude the episode with my prediction, and I feel pretty good about this one. So let's start with that brief history, just looking back a few years now, right? Uh, Penn State is 7-6 and six in whiteouts, so the whiteout game does not necessarily guarantee a victory here, interestingly enough. I, I will comment on that here. The 7-6 and six shouldn't dissuade anybody. Uh, Penn State doesn't schedule cupcake teams for these whiteout games. They usually schedule a very good Ohio State team or a very good Michigan team. They've scheduled Notre Dame before. They've scheduled a very good Iowa team in the past. Like I'm talking like almost a decade, a dozen years ago when Iowa was ranked, for example. Uh, But they schedule the biggest home game on the schedule typically for that whiteout game, right? They beat Auburn last year. 28-21 was the final. There was no whiteout game in 2020, or at least there wasn't one attended by real people. Um, I guess that would have been the Ohio State game they had, which uh, the cardboard cutouts, maybe they all wore white. Who knows? But they did beat Michigan in 2019, 28-21. So they're 2-0 in the last two real whiteout games. They did lose to Ohio State in 2018, of course. The last time Penn State and Minnesota played each other, uh, Minnesota did win 31-26. That was back in 2019. Also, it ruined Penn State's perfect season, and Penn State did finish pretty well that year, going to the Cotton Bowl, beating Memphis, but that really derailed the year. Then they played Minnesota back in 2016, if you remember that one. They got thumped, a little bit of deja vu, got thumped by Michigan in Ann Arbor. 49-10 was the final, came back to Beaver Stadium, had to turn around and play Minnesota. And honestly, that game saved that 2016 season. It went to overtime. It was a walk-off touchdown by Saquon Barkley. Irvin Charles might have had the catch of the year, honestly. I I remember that game. The weather wasn't the best. Uh, I had fairly good seats in the student section because it was not really well attended when they announce all the players on the Jumbotron, right? Uh, James Franklin is always last because he's the head coach and got plenty of booze that day. Uh, I remember that one very well. Uh, But Penn State uh, saved its season in 2016 because of that game. They started the winning streak. They beat Ohio State, and that was the get-right spot. So... Is 2022's edition of Penn State, Minnesota, and Beaver Stadium a get-right spot? Well, here's what the Golden Gophers in 2022 have to offer. 
They're four and two overall currently, one and two in conference. They're a member of the West Division and the Big Ten. Uh, they were actually my original pick to win the West Division. I don't really think that's likely now that Illinois has emerged, and Purdue is very talented, actually. Don't discredit that win that Penn State got uh, over in West Lafayette because that is a very good Purdue team, and they should honestly win the Big Ten West. Even though Illinois is up and coming, the Boilermakers might have this one. The head coach is P.J. Fleck. He's in his sixth year at Minnesota, 39-25 overall with his record. Respectable. Previously at Western Michigan for four years. Offensive coordinator is Kirk Sharaka back in his spot after he came over to coach at Penn State for one year. If we can even call it a year. Uh, the 2020 COVID season and Penn State just let him go. That, that's hard to coach a team over Zoom and, and you can't be as involved and it just didn't work out, right? Interesting tidbit about Kirk Sharaka, actually. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania and attended Redland High School, State College, the town that neighbors University Park, actually plays them quite a bit in sports, particularly baseball. I could say they're rivals, and Kirk Sharaka attended Redland High School. Currently, this offense is averaging 34.5 points per game, which is 37th in the nation out of 131 FBS schools. Defensive coordinator is Joe Rossi. He's actually from the Pittsburgh area as well, so P.J. Fleck likes his coaches to be from Pennsylvania. And that defense is allowing just an 11.7 points per game clip. That is fourth best in the country out of 131 teams. Minnesota's schedule, a loss at Illinois, a loss to Purdue. They do have wins against the likes of Colorado, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and the Big Ten win came against Michigan State, who is down this year. Uh, so a pretty timid schedule, uh, tough games against Illinois and Purdue, and the better team won those games. Now here's the offense for Minnesota. At quarterback, it's Tanner Morgan, six-year senior. So Penn State has Sean Clifford. Well, Minnesota has their own version of Sean Clifford, and that's Tanner Morgan, who's 24 years old in his sixth season. Uh, and is a guy that's performed well at times, but he's also been lackadaisical. He actually left the game versus Purdue with a head injury. He's trending in the right direction, according to Coach Flex, so expect him to play tomorrow. 1,164 passing yards on the season, seven touchdowns to five interceptions, 67 completion percentage. If for whatever reason Tanner Morgan isn't good to go for tomorrow's game, it will be up to Ethan Kaliak Manis. I had to look that one up before I said it on this podcast. Minnesota will turn to him. Uh, second year with the program. He's a four-star recruit, actually. Uh, very, very highly touted. Uh, but Kaliak Manis doesn't have a lot of experience. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions on the season, believe it or not. Had to come in in the Purdue game. He was three for three for 67 yards against Western Illinois in some uh, garbage time. But Minnesota describes him as a gunslinger, so they trust him. He's six foot four. He is more of a pocket passer. He will tuck in and run if he does need to. On to running back, and this is the bread and butter for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mo Ibrahim missed all of last season after the opener against Ohio State. The 24-year-old from Baltimore, Maryland, same high school actually as Landon Tangwall, Penn State offensive lineman. And so far this season, 694 rushing yards on 104 carries, 9 rushing touchdowns. He does have 5 catches for 35 receiving yards. 
The game against Colorado is where he really showed out. Two under two rushing yards, three touchdowns in that game against the Buffaloes. Trey Potts is his immediate backup. He's seen additional time with Mo missing the game before Purdue. So they have some depth in the backfield. They they have options if Ibrahim isn't able to go, but he's healthy now. He's the workhorse. Expect him to get a lot of run against Penn State tomorrow. As for the pass catchers, this is probably the worst position group on the Minnesota team. Chris Ottman-Bell, who was supposed to be their leading guy, he's actually still third on the team in receiving despite the season-ending injury. And Ottman-Bell was actually a member of that 2019 team. He was the receiver behind Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. So he's familiar with this offense. That is a huge loss for the Golden Gophers. It, it's bad. Um, I read up on the Minnesota message boards, and they complain a lot about the wide receiver position that there's really no viable options currently, and they're wondering if Minnesota and P.J. Fleck are even recruiting at that position. They do have a tight end in Brevin Span Ford, 18 catches, 252 receiving yards, one touchdown. The leading receiver now uh, behind the tight end, the leading wide receiver anyway, Michael Brown-Stevens, 15 receptions, 233 yards, no touchdowns, and as I mentioned, Ottman Bell is third behind them believe it or not, and he's missed a few games to this point. The offensive line is a good group. They are big and physical, like Michigan's, but I wouldn't say the same overall talent. Uh, It starts with center John Michael Schmitz, veteran, another older player on the team. He was actually named to the midseason All-America team, first team, by ESPN, and it has in large part to do with his 91.2 run block grade, according to PFF, which is actually a wide margin compared to all the other college centers. It is really a privilege to have a guy like him because he understands the game so well. He's intelligent. He can read the defense and change the line protections and work with Tanner Morgan. You want John Michael Schmitz as your starting center. He does have a future in the NFL. As for the Minnesota defense, wow, a group that is averaging 11.7 points per game. Veteran group, a lot of redshirt seniors all over the place. Mariano Sori Marin and Braylon Oliver lead the defense as the linebackers. They are stout at that linebacker group. Sori Marin has 39 tackles. Oliver has 24. Sori Marin leads the team in tackles. The defensive line is led by Danny Strigo. He leads the team with three sacks. Uh, Other than that, there really isn't a lot of presence in the pass rush. Secondary is as solid as they come. Four interceptions by four different defensive backs. I would say that Tyler Newbin is the leader of this secondary by far. Might be the best player defensively overall. Has one interception and is second on the team with 28 tackles. So he is very active. But that that is the Minnesota Golden Gopher team in a nutshell the Reader's Digest version of Minnesota. Coming up next on Locked on Nittany Lions, how does Penn State now match up with this Minnesota Golden Gophers team? This Minnesota team is nothing like the 2019 team that beat Penn State over in Minneapolis. Find out what advantages the Nittany Lions have next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season It is easy to get started and easy to play while you watch your favorite team. Easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team. 
not just Penn State, and decide if they will finish higher or lower for their given stat. One of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. An underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So deposit $100, you get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. One word, Locked On. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I am your host, Zach Seiko. How does Penn State match up with Minnesota in the whiteout game? If I'm being honest, Minnesota is not a scary team. Offensively, they are very one-dimensional. You have to sell out for the run. Penn State did not perform all that well against Michigan's run game, but it's simple here, really. If you stop Mo Ibrahim, you stop the entire offense. Injured or not, Tanner Morgan doesn't have anyone to complete the football to. And and the backup quarterback, Kaliak Manis, I don't know that they can rely on him since he doesn't have any big game experience. So whether they go with Morgan or the gunslinger, as they frame Kaliak Manis, Yesh or whatever, Penn State, all they have to do is limit Mo Ibrahim and they win this game. It is that simple. But from a positional standpoint, Penn State wins head-to-head in these categories. They're better at quarterback. They're better in the pass catchers. Better at defensive line. Have better linebackers. Better in the secondary. Penn State might have the best secondary in the country, if we're being honest. At a minimum, top five. And that's in the whole United States. And better special teams. Minnesota does win in its running game. Running backs, look... I know how good Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen are, but Minnesota's running back room is deeper. Mo Ibrahim has all the experience in the world, given that he's a 24-year-old still playing college football. He will go to the NFL after this season, and he might have a good career at the next level as well. Given the fumbles in the Northwestern game and this boom-or-bust kind of play that we're seeing from both Singleton and Allen, Ibrahim's been very consistent throughout the season. He's gone over 100 yards at least in every single game that he's played. Sometimes Singleton and Allen can be taken out of the fold. They will get better. They're going to be better than Mo Ibrahim at the end of the day. Don't take too much stock in what I'm saying here, but right now Mo Ibrahim does get the advantage. The offensive line for Minnesota is better than Penn State's. Not by too much, uh, but they are still big and physical and they like to be mean up front. They do have some better talent. As for coaching, this is pretty close. Uh, James Franklin is a much better recruiter than P.J. Fleck, and you can see that up and down the roster and in the recruiting classes that are continuing to come in for 2023-2024. You can argue that P.J. Fleck and Kirk Shiraka are a dynamic duo. And they outcoached James Franklin and company back in 2019. That can be said. That is true. So right now, it's let's see if James Franklin can flip it around and outcoach him this time. But P.J. Fleck is no pushover by any means. I would say that this is an even battle among the head coaches here. If you are Minnesota, you run the same game plan as the 2021 Illinois team. Michigan put it on film. If you win on first down and run the football effectively, you will beat this Penn State team. The blueprint is out there. 
The defense was top five in run defense going into the Michigan game, but those numbers were inflated. Purdue doesn't run the rock. They're a pass first and honestly a pass only team, if we're being honest. That's that's an exaggeration, but the Boilermakers do not like to run the football. Then there's Ohio, Central Michigan. Auburn was way behind, so they didn't have the opportunity to run the football. And then the best defensive performance came against Northwestern, stopping that running game. But with the weather, and actually Northwestern is, strangely enough, a pass-first team, Penn State had a distinct advantage there. Doesn't mean that they didn't win the day, doesn't mean that they didn't have a good game, but you have to look at the level of competition that they played. Now you get a legitimate run team in Michigan, one of the best offensive lines in the country, probably the best dynamic back duo right now in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, and it showed. So Minnesota is going to try to replicate that, and we'll get into the difference of why they can't, because Minnesota does not have the horses to run with Penn State. Let me be clear about that. If you were Penn State, you sell out for the run. I don't care what you have to do. Go cover zero, put your biggest guys in the middle, sell out for the run, blitz. Unlike Michigan, there is nothing else to respect on Minnesota's offense. Tanner Morgan is not a dual threat like J.J. McCarthy, and they don't have any weapons. There is not a single guy on this team that will be able to beat a Penn State corner or safety in a one-on-one battle. Offensively, all Penn State has to do is just run the ball effectively. You need to give your defense as much rest as possible because Minnesota will try to control the time of possession. That is what they want to do. They do not want to put the ball in Penn State's hands. They want to grind it out because it's on tape from 2021 against Illinois and what Michigan did. But Michigan and Minnesota have two very different rosters when it comes to overall talent. All Penn State really has to do is sell out for the run and they should have a good day. Now that leads into the prediction. Will Penn State win this game? How much do they win by? Can Minnesota pull somewhat of an upset here since they are unranked and Penn State is still 16th in the country? It's Locked On Nittany Lions. Find out the official prediction next. The final leg of this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. The official prediction, Penn State versus Minnesota. Penn State is a four and a half point favorite for tomorrow. The total is set at 44 and a half. Penn State got punched in the mouth last week. And that's sometimes tough to recover from. For me personally, when I'm scouting a football game like this, I think losing big like that in a spotlight game motivates the heck out of you. Those close ones, those are tougher to deal with. And we've seen that. Penn State losing by one to Ohio State. Then losing on that bad fourth and five call in 2018 and losing to Iowa by three points in a game they felt like they should have won. Those are the tough ones to come back from. The ones where you get slapped around, beaten down, everyone's making fun of you in the media, dragging you through the mud like this Penn State team has been all week. That's motivational. Those guys see that. They see that. That's going to help. The whiteout game will obviously help. Everybody dressed in white. The atmosphere is the loudest. Beaver Stadium has been named the loudest stadium in the country for this exact reason. Home field advantage matters, and it's going to benefit Penn State a lot. They are much more talented 
than Minnesota. Don't let anybody fool you. Penn State has the better roster up and down the chart. Sure, there's some other head-to-head battles that I gave Minnesota credit for. I think Mo Ibrahim is very talented, but he can only carry this team so much, right? Minnesota's strength of schedule is not good, and honestly, I think has hurt them to this point. The two teams that they've lost to, Penn State is arguably better than. They beat Purdue, and they're not going to play Illinois this year, but I could argue that Penn State might at a neutral site or at home. On the road, it would be tough. Illinois got better from last year, but I think last that season's nine-overtime game is a fluke. Penn State, in theory, would be better equipped to handle the Illinois team this year, especially since they know what to expect now. But the out-of-conference schedule for Minnesota, that was awful. Western Illinois? They have a win against Michigan State, but we've seen that Michigan State, how much of a step they've taken backwards. I think that Minnesota is overrated coming into this game. They're 4-2. They're a respectable program, but they do not have it this year. And P.J. Fleck has done a really good job coaching this team because last year's team wasn't all that good either. And they still went 9-4 and four on the season. With the way that Penn State got chewed out in the media this week, everybody making fun of them, the stuff going on at halftime with Michigan, who started it, whose fault was it, they are going to be additionally motivated. This is a get-right game for the Nittany Lions. Is it a revenge game for Kirk Shiraka? Uh, maybe, but I think it's more of a revenge game for Sean Clifford and James Franklin because that perfect season was undone in 2019, and those two have probably been thinking about that for quite some time, especially leading up this week. Penn State wins in a landslide. Minnesota does not have a chance in this game. Penn State is going to win 31-13. to All they have to do is stop Mo Ibrahim. Easier said than done, but When Tanner Morgan doesn't have any other options on offense, he's not 100%. Penn State will be able to stuff this Minnesota team, and then they will have no issues scoring. That 11.7 points per game allowed is fluke. It is inflated when you play teams like Western Illinois, you play Colorado, who's one of the worst FBS teams in all of the country. Illinois and Purdue showed how easy it is to move the football against this team. Don't look at the other games that they played and think that this defense is outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. I think that Minnesota, because of the coaching with Kirk Shiraka being back at the helm, Mo Ibrahim, they will get some points. But honestly, Penn State might even hold them to just a touchdown. I think I'm being generous with 13 points. But that is my official score prediction, 31 to 13. And that puts it right at that 44 number. But Penn State will definitely cover that four and a half spread. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to stay up to date on all the information, all the news that came out this week, why the Minnesota game is the whiteout and not Ohio State, how the TV networks are involved in that decision, what James Franklin said in his press conference commenting on Drew Aller and Sean Clifford, And some of the other important news like Kevon Lee being absent from practice on Wednesday and what that means moving forward if he's not going to be on the team or hopefully it was just coincidental. We don't know. But check out my previous episodes. Then on Monday, we'll have a brand new one to recap Penn State versus Minnesota. I think the Nittany Lions will have a very good day tomorrow. The Whiteout, enjoy it, folks, if you attend the game or if you're going to watch it or listen to it. It should be very favorable for the blue and white.
Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. That is Locked On Big Ten.